Hello. Can you hear me? I can. All right, can good. Yes, good. So that must mean it's Saturday. That must mean this time for Gaming Sessions podcast. I am, of course, David, the host, co-host Gerald. And if Gerald, you would do the honors. Yep. Uh, thank you, everybody who's joining us again. Those who are newly joining us. Hope you've been having a good day. Good week. Hope you've been being safe out there. And now it's getting easier to stay warm. It seems the summer is starting to set in. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So now it'll be stay cool out there. <laughs> right. Make sure, make sure you got the AC set at a decent temperature that keeps you cool, but doesn't drive up your power bill. Something. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, Apologies last week for no episode. Uh, at my job, I'm now by myself. This is my second week having been by myself. Um, so there was that in addition to um, Gerald wanting, if we had recorded last week, to do it at 9 a.m. And I wasn't about that at all. <laughs> yeah. But at least at least he got to have fun shooting black powdered rifles. Yeah, a friend wanted to go out and shoot black powdered rifles at the range, at the local range, and then I had D&D later that day, so my schedule for the at least morning and afternoon were pretty full, and I also didn't think you were going to be up for like a late night one, which I also suggested, but... Yeah, so about those weeks, so like I said... Uh, it's been two weeks by myself at the job, so uh, that that in and of itself was tiring. But some something happened this week that just had me completely exhausted until yesterday. Like Monday, I was half dead. Tuesday, half dead. Wednesday, Thursday, half dead. And then yesterday, I was like, "Okay, I'm starting to feel better." I'm still still exhausted as shit, but. At least I don't feel like I'm one foot in the grave anymore. That's good. Yeah. So um, for my week, it'll be brief-ish. And I'm sure maybe one or two of the things that uh, I'm I'm talking about, you might have might have popped up on the radar, especially since I put it in in our research channel. But uh, last week... uh, you know that one podcast that I introduced you to? Uh, Red one Pill America? Yes. Yeah. Uh, last week they had a British fellow on. Uh, he goes by the, uh, his artist name is Akira the Dawn. And he does this type of music called Meaning Wave, where it's like, like uh, ambient or low, lo-fi hip-hop beats. And then mm-hmm. he... Um, over that he has people speaking like uh, the album I bought from him was the one with Scott Adams talking about the user interface for reality. And I highly recommend it. I've been, I've actually been going to sleep to it every day since I bought it and also recommend listening to that particular episode of his, for his podcast. It's called the user interface for reality. Um, I can, if I can get it to, to make it shareable, I'll, I'll share it with, with you, Gerald, because I've got, I've got the album plus the, 
the uh, episode of his, and uh, there are very interesting things, very eye-opening, kind of um, useful information type stuff. Okay. Put it that way. Um, so the next thing that came across uh, that got my attention was Blizzard is uh, axing 50 employees citing COVID-19. Ooh, the the story I heard is they're axing 190 of them, and they're citing the normal bullshit of reallocating resources and cutting costs, yet uh, their CEO, Kotick, is getting another $200 million bonus. Yeah. And that's not even the most recent one. That was the one that kind of got everybody's attention, and they're actually intending to lay off another like hundred or so employees again, like just recently. So who the fuck's going to program their shit? Uh, apparently <laughs> from, from what's being said, uh, that 190 only accounts for like 2% of their overall workforce. So mm. it like, it, it really sounds, and apparently it's pertaining a lot to their esports, which they've been, uh, honestly devaluing consistently. Um, so, I don't know. We will see. They said it has nothing to do with the bonus going to Kotick. Sounds like bullshit. Um, <laughs> and apparently, uh, what was the other thing about it? Um, oh, and they, they gave them, I think, nine months of severance pay and a $200 gift card that the employees can use on the Blizzard web store. I'm sitting here like, mm. what? Mm. It, that <laughs> that <laughs> felt like yeah, a that's like the final the fuck thing. you. <laughs> yeah, that, I was like, why didn't you just put that $200 in their severance pay then? Or wouldn't that just be $200 you could pay them to continue having a job? Like... That that really felt like a slap in the face. <laughs> like um, so so um, so Gerald, I'm I'm sorry. We don't need you to work here anymore. So here's nine months severance pay. Oh, and, and here's a two hundred dollar gift card. Go go get you uh, some Diablo three. Yeah, that makes it all right, right? That makes it all right. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to pull this up because I, I remember seeing this in news. This uh, this object, they, they called it Oumuamua, mm -hmm. which is Hawaiian for scout or messenger. Um, some a scientists determined the origin of it. And I'm trying to look through this thing before it crashes on me again. So they've determined it's likely a piece of a Pluto-like planet from another solar system. So it was like this, uh, well, like the the picture of it, the artist rendition, looks like it's it's kind of like a, a disc-shaped asteroid. But other pictures that I saw of it made it kind of look needle-like. So I, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then the next one was uh, they saw a space hurricane in the upper atmosphere over, uh, over the Earth's polar ionosphere. Now, some of these are from last week and this week, so mm. give me a moment here. Yeah, it, a lot, so a a space lot has happened. 
What's that? No, continue. I was just saying a lot has happened in these two weeks. Oh, come on now, Anchor. You've done so good so far. Don't do not do it to us today. Or you, you cut out when you were saying something. I, I couldn't oh, hear you. Sorry. I was saying uh, a lot has happened in these weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've got some, some stuff to mention. But uh, so this space hurricane complete with electron rain has been detected in the Earth's upper atmosphere for the first time. An international team of researchers reported. So with the requisite plasma and magnetic fields needed for such storms present in the atmospheres of planets across the universe, researchers suggest such phenomena could be commonplace. And the picture is actually interesting. It's, it almost looks like a, like a, like a mini multicolored spiral galaxy just hovering above earth. Hmm. So if you wanna if you wanna check that out, listeners, you can probably Google it. And then one that I was that I wanted to bring up last week is some scientists believe that faster than light travel is now possible. Yeah, I think we brought that up in the previous podcast. They've been tinkering around with it, and they think they might be able to get it working. Yeah. So. Those were the most interesting things that I had for the week. So, your turn. All right. Uh, Let's see. All right. So, my week is usually kind of a news thing, too. We already already talked about the Blizzard thing. So, Um, so in news, uh, Baroness Jenny Jones made a comment about men needing a 6 p.m. curfew after an assault on a woman, and police advised women to not go out at night alone. Uh, that blew up real big. Uh, reading more into the story, it was more like she was just making a commentary. She wasn't actually serious about it, but people got real up in arms about it. Even some of the YouTubers I watched talked about it. Um this is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, it it uh, it definitely was in the news, but uh, she apparently was just making like a dry commentary because whatever happened to this, I don't know who the woman was or exactly what happened to her. Uh, apparently, she got like kidnapped for a while or something of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, the police were telling women to you know try not to go out alone at night. And I'm like, first off, uh, I, I don't have anything to say about the comment. She wasn't serious about it, so it's not a big deal. But everybody is told when something like this happens, everyone is told not to go out alone at night. Men shouldn't go out alone at night. Going out alone is how you get robbed and killed. That's just a fact of our world. Getting any up in arms that something happens to a woman and then the response is, hey, try not to go out alone at night. Well, duh. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I don't know what about that comment sparks the comment of, well, maybe we should put a 6 p.m. curfew on men. And let's say she was serious about it. First off, it's a stupid comment if she was serious about it. Because you're assuming that a woman won't shank another woman, which has been disproven mm. constantly. <laughs> like, 
a woman will outright attack, if not outright kill another chick over trivial shit too. Like same as any dude. Like putting a six p.m. curfew on men is all, the only thing that's doing is the law-abiding men won't be on the street. Then it really is mm. nothing but killers. <laughs> so, so I, I, everyone got kind of up in arms about it, and the article just talked about how, uh, you know, it's obvious she wasn't being serious about it, so on and so forth. So it, it's one of those stupid little things that blew up because someone made a comment that they obviously weren't serious about, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, how dare you!" And it's like, well, she wasn't serious about it. If she had made a serious comment, then yeah, we could go. That's dumb. Um, but since it wasn't a serious comment, why is everybody freaking out? Um, so that happened. And, uh, and, you know, it's almost like, you know, more, you pass more laws and, oh, the crim- and then the criminals will be like, oh, there's all these extra laws now. I guess I can't do my illicit activities. Right. So, yeah, it's like they're already criminals they're already breaking the law by doing the things that they're doing i don't know why you think passing more laws will somehow dissuade them (laughs) from doing the things that they're going to do um yeah it's it's really it's really stupid um indeed uh let's see so I see. D and D is getting a television series, um, which will be created by the producer, mm. the creator of John Wick, Derek Coldstad. Okay. Uh, also, there will be multiple other D and D TV se- uh, series created out of the D and D universe by E One. Um, and this will all be coinciding with the fact that there's a new D&D movie that's coming, that's being developed and coming out. Also, they're redoing Suicide Squad as well. Uh, Suicide Squad has been having trailers of their new movie, so they're, they're redoing it. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um... In news, uh, Europe wants 20,000 GPUs so that they can run a twin digital Earth. This is going to be a way for them to simulate natural and human activity on the planet. So they'll be simulating multiple Earths, each with one to simulate a different part of the planet's systems. This includes weather forecasting, climate change, food, water security, global ocean uh Air, uh, global ocean circulation and biogeochemistry of the oceans. Uh, it will be used basically for the transition to green in Europe uh, and their plans to become carbon neutral by 2050. Hmm. So that's interesting. So um, um, j- just my thought on that, the whole, the whole carbon thing. <sighs> People do know that life on this planet is carbon based, right? I, I would. Well, that's the thing. They don't. The average person doesn't understand that. They hear a. They hear the word carbon, and they're like, "Ooh, that must be bad." Not realizing that 
there's a portion of you made everything's made of carbon right carbon is one of the natural makes up makeup of everything on the planet (laughs) and carbon in and of itself isn't bad (laughs) yeah just when when i hear shit like oh your carbon footprint like motherfucker you're alive you you are a carbon footprint yeah so but uh, uh i digress i guess I'd have to read deeper into the article to see what they actually mean by carbon footprint, but I, I, I there's a lot of news, so I was trying to keep these things short and sweet. Uh, right. If our listeners would like to delve further into it, they can ask us to, and I'll go further, in, and I'll, I'll do the research, dive into it, and give them further details, or they can look it up on their own time, whichever, you know, either or, whichever. Right. Um, uh, open AI Sam Altman uh, says artificial intelligence will create so much wealth that every adult in the United States could be paid $13,500 per year from its windfall as soon as 10 years from now. Uh, Also states that it, it will be up to public policy to change accordingly so that, you know, people in a bad spot don't get into an even worse spot. This has prompted a debate about artificial intelligence basically producing income for everybody evenly so that when bad situations happen, uh, it is not the end of someone's life. Uh, Like I remember a few years back when um, the recession happened and there was a dude who lost his job, went home and killed his whole family and himself because he was like, oh, well, it's over. Mm. So... Yeah, um, $13,500 is nothing for a year, but they're also stating that this new development could produce far more than that for every adult on the planet, pretty much. And that there's already artificial intelligence that's uh, already raking in money for those who are already in power and who are rich and the government hasn't done anything to regulate it so the 1% is still the 1% and the gap between the poor and the 1% is still getting bigger and bigger um, so it, it's, a, it's a big big debate on well we've already ha- we already have things that are similar to this that are already generating that kind of money but the only people who can afford to use it, regulate it, maintenance are the ones who are already rich so it doesn't do anything for the average person this is meant to be for the average person but will it actually go out to the average person without government intervention, which the government has decided not to do any form of intervening? So we'll have to see how this turns out. Um, I am, I think, a base income for every adult so that they can live and have the necessities that they need is uh, something that should be done and is important. I also understand that the counter to that is, well, people will get lazy and just not do anything. It, it is not providing someone with the ability to live is not stating, oh, we're going to buy them yachts and cars. No, it's saying mm. you have enough to feed yourself. You have enough for a roof over your head and you have enough to clothe yourself so that you can live. Anything past that, you got to go out and work for that's what I that's cut that's basically what I advocate for um, and 
And yeah, it is natural for a person to get comfortable and lazy. It is definitely natural. But if we want to improve our lots in life, it is also natural for a human to go out and work hard for it. So just having your base necessities covered is basically what that is supposed to be. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. Mm. Um, but once again, it all comes down to human nature and what humans do, just like every fucking thing else. Everything depends on the people involved in it. Right. Um, so, I mean, do you understand laws and regulations are only created because they're always there's always someone doing something stupid. Imagine a world where everyone would just stop doing stupid shit. <laughs> imagine a world where everyone treated everyone else with the same amount of respect that they want the same amount of respect and care that they want it would we'd already be living in a utopia if people did that the problem is people are assholes on a general level it's what they is welcome to the human condition that's how they um, do yeah, but people it would alleviate a lot of stress and perhaps people would be less assholes if they didn't always have to worry about where their next meal was coming from or the something happened to the economy. So now I've lost my job and I don't know if I'll be able to eat. I might get kicked out of my house. I might be on the street like getting rid of the getting rid of the small stresses in life allow people to possibly do and be better and to take that away from everyone because some people would abuse it is not the way we should go it's kind of the same way in video games don't nerf things buff everything else up nerfs mm. are usually feel terrible buffs never do mm. so the the UBI thing, universal basic income, for those that don't know, I like it on paper. My question is, where does the money come from? Well, under this AI program, it would be uh, – basically, it would be like uh, – there was an article I was reading. I didn't put it in the news, but uh, they are already starting to automate a lot of jobs and processes like uh, accounting – lawyers um uh what was another one accounting lawyers and like information uh information what is the word i'm looking for like sorting like information sorting is all being basically relegated to automated systems and they're assuming that a lot of them are going to be relegated to automated systems within the next 10 to 15 years so those jobs will be given over to artificial intelligent ais that can do them um mm. so in the process of consistently automating things jobs are not going to be needed to be done by people and that would allow the economy and basically it will save money for those for, you know, companies and those who do the thing because they're not paying people to do it. Uh, it'll make things faster and more efficient because it's robots and AIs doing it, which can be run around the clock and they just have to be maintenance. But that always brings up the big question of, well, as humanity automates more and more, where does that leave the human population? The best case scenario is that society changes 
and regulates its way in such a way that that just frees people up to be able to then pursue their passions and humanity becomes a society of pursuing your passion pursuing your art pursuing your writing philosophy becomes more of a thing pursuing your science pursuing the because just because a just because a uh, computer can do a mathematical formula for accounting does not mean that there's not someone who might want to come up with a mathematical uh, equation to do it better or a mathematical equation for light speed travel, right? Right. The, the best case scenario is this makes it so people don't have to work. Like people can just live. Um, instead of living to work, uh, or working to live, people can live and choose what they want to do to work. It would take over for construction jobs because we now have uh, places that are 3D using 3D printing machines to make houses. That will become more of a thing. The only people you'll really, the only things you'll really need are people to operate the machinery to load that big, huge 3D printer, and houses can just be made. You will no longer need carpenters. And these are under best case, right? Mm -hmm. um, so as that goes, it is not that people just become poor and destitute, living on the roads, eating out of trash cans. What's supposed to happen is everyone will have housing. Everyone will have food. We just need to moderate the resources. And then everyone is free to do is to pursue their passion. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is this just causes an economical collapse. Uh -huh. And <laughs> so you can say, where does that money come from? But you also need to understand and remember that the money we have now is imaginary. Yeah. Where's the, the money? Right. Where is the money? The money that we have now, where does its value come from other than the fact that we think it has value? Where does the value come from? Because it's not off the gold standard anymore. There is not enough gold in America or that is controlled by America to back up the, what, 90% of what currently is the American dollar? Hmm. Like and, and and I'm not saying it is 90%. I don't know that figure for a fact, but understand that the amount of the amount of gold that America controls is literally not enough to back the amount of money that is currently in it. These stimulus checks, where is that coming from? Didn't our the economy future. Right. Didn't our economy just take this huge economical hit, which is why people are losing their jobs? Companies are scaling back. Where is all this money coming from other than the fact that someone is going, here's this paper. It does mean something. Hmm. So yeah. when you ask, well, where is that money going to come from? All I can retort with is, well, what is the money we have now worth? What is its actual value other than – that rock should be worth three houses. That's that's literally it. That's that's the long and short of it. Gold has an actual value because it's actually used in industry along with silver. Gold and silver are used in a number of different things. You have gold in computers because it uh, because it helps in um, what I, I don't want to say. It's, it's not the, a uh, a great electrical conductor, but it's the oh, highest conductive metal on the planet. 
Is it? Is that what it was? I thought some. I thought someone said that that's not true. It has this highest functioning metal on the planet. It doesn't. It has very little yeah, resistance to uh, yeah. current. It doesn't heat up. Yeah, that's the that's what it is. So in a world where we're consistently growing more automated and more dependent on machining, gold has an actual value in the production of those machines. Same as silver and some other precious metals. And silver one so day will be more expensive. Than those gold. things. Yeah. So these things have an intrinsic value because they actually produce the products that we need in everyday life, building houses, having infrastructure for computer systems, all of that kind of thing. So, right. Yeah. So I don't know. All it's going to come down to is how is humanity going to handle this? And unfortunately, we have a real bad track record. <laughs> so I guess we'll find out. <laughs> and, the implementation is what it's the implementation, right? So we'll just have to wait. Unfortunately, we just kind of got to wait and see. Now, this also segues into two other things I was going to bring out bring up cryptocurrency and nfts so cryptocurrency the the only yeah the only thing i want to go over on cryptocurrency is that india apparently is working to ban it um they are quickly becoming one of the most anti-cryptocurrency countries in the world uh they've already put a bill together and they have a majority so they think they have a pretty good chance of getting that bill passed and it will literally just ban all cryptocurrency in India. It'd probably make the price go up. <laughs> so it will, yeah. And that's the thing. I thought that was really short sighted. I understand the reasons why they're trying to do it, but it felt really short sighted to ban it. It's kind of like when you tell your kids to stay away from drugs and you always punish them really harshly, even if you think they have it. It just makes them want it more. Yep. Right. Mm. So. Uh, NFTs or non-fungible tokens is a new thing that just cropped up like I think three three or so months ago. Um, at its core, NFTs are just a signature that it can be read to tell you that this thing is the original thing. It is sort of an authentic authentication system. So this is the original thing, even if there are copies of it, this is the original, like a piece of Van Gogh's artwork. This is the original. Even if you have a copy of it in your home, it's not the original. So yeah, it's it's collectability using the blockchain, right? Uh, which is normally used for cryptocurrency, uh, Ethereum. The Ethereum uh, Ethereum is another type of cryptocurrency alongside Bitcoin, um, and there are a couple of other cryptocurrencies, but. Eh. Um, Oh, there's a bunch. Yeah, but what this has done, it's created a pyramid scheme where people are creating these NFTs, and of course, the rich are the one buying them. A lot of people have actually been able to uh, turn their artwork into NFTs, and they've made a lot of money. But one of the things that has been stated is that it's kind, it's pretty much a scam. Because this is a bubble market, and at some point in time, you're going to get to a point where you need to sell that NFT, and there's no one else to sell it to. So you just 
lost that money for something that's honestly adds no value and there there's it's it's literally nothing it it would be like if uh it is the same as buying a digital costume in a video game and then being like well i'll be able to eventually resell this to someone and it's just because this is the original one and it's like well if no one buys it from you you just spent a couple of mil thousand million dollars for nothing so it has been described as a scam and it does sound like a pyramid scheme and for those who don't understand what a pyramid scheme is it's basically when someone goes hey i can make your life better by showing you this technique and the technique works but the technique works by bringing more people into the pyramid scheme so you pay mm -hmm. me a hundred dollars I'll show you how to do this. And every time you do it, I get a part of what you make. Then that person goes off, shows two more people. They pay them $100. The person who gets that $200 pays like 30 of it to the guy who taught him. And the guy at the top makes the most money, period. And then the guys at like the second, third, and fourth levels may, will maybe make their money. But eventually, everyone at the bottom just loses money. Because it works off getting people to keep buying into something, but it never actually produces anything. That's what a pyramid scheme is. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are just calling it a big pyramid scheme, and eventually the bottom is going to fall out of it. Um, yeah, and as an example, uh, the guy that created Twitter sold his first tweet as an NFT. Yeah, I saw that. He made like what six million dollars off of it. I think that was something I like think that. That's what it was. Yeah, it, I've I've been um, thinking about it because it doesn't seem to be a big investment to make an NFT, and people are just buying NFTs of just about anything for a lot of money. Um, I was thinking of just like drawing something, scanning it in, making an NFT of it. I'd have to invest like maybe a hundred bucks and I might be able to sell it for like a couple of hundred grand to a million dollars just because it's the original <laughs> one. Now, part uh, another part of the problem with this is because there is no actual government regulation of cryptocurrency or NFTs and there are no real laws on it, people have been getting robbed. So hackers have been just robbing people's NFTs and then selling them themselves and making the money. And there's no recourse for the for the victim who's been robbed because there are no laws about it. So they didn't. No one can do anything about it. Also, the NFT authentication, apparently the authentication is also faulty and doesn't really work like it should like it's supposed to designate something as its original but there's no way to read it in a way to prove that that's the case so meh <laughs> once again it's one of those things where where's all this money coming from oh it's because you believe there's money there and that's it <laughs> another interesting thing about the NFTs, a couple articles I saw over the last two weeks, the climate warriors are getting up in arms about it because of all the electricity needed to make the digital things. And they're yes, mother, I'm back here. All kind of irritated because oh, you know, all these NFTs are generating carbon mm. or whatever. 
Yeah. I'm going to have to really look into uh, this whole carbon footprint thing and make absolutely sure what the fuck is going on there. Because I'm also annoyed by people like constantly talking about carb, like carbon this, carbon that. It's like, dude, there's carbon everywhere. There's carbon in the damn air. <laughs> you can't just say carbon footprint. You have to... It, 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 you can't just you have to specify you have to be more specific than just carbon footprint like what do you mean by carbon carbon footprint that's like going well like that's like going do you know that asian dude down the street in uh in little in, in little the little tokyo era or chinatown and you're like dude they're all asian and they're all about five foot nothing which one <laughs> like you, you haven't given me a name. You haven't even given me a description. You just said the person of Asian descent in a place full of people of Asian descent. <laughs> so so before Gerald gets canceled right. for his Asian joke. Um, but no, so like, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so like the carbon footprint is like, do you have an SUV? Are you, you know, flying private transportation? Fucking, you know, like, like, like the, the rich, famous people who go to, you know, events and, and whatever, like, like they'll fly their private plane to Switzerland and talk about how climate change is the, is the next big bad thing, but they took a private jet or you know they drive an Escalade instead of a Prius or, or some some arbitrary shit like that. That that's what they mean by carbon footprint. Or hell, even even having kids increases your carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. The more people there are, the more carbon. But I'm there with you. I I don't get it, and yeah, seems arbitrary. Eh, it seems dumb. But and like I said, I'll have to see. Maybe there are bad carbon footprints. There might be bad carbon footprints, and maybe that's what they're talking about. But they need to specify that. Like it's like saying uh, reduce your. Uh, it's like we have to reduce our water intake. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to stop drinking, you know, two liters of water a day? I have to go down to a cup. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be really dehydrated if you only drink a couple. Well, water that's a day. what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, well, what do you actually mean by that? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, continue. Uh, let's see. So, on that note of technological stiff, uh, we have apparently surfacing what are called deep fakes which is a form of artificial intelligence called deep learning, which makes images of fake events, hence the name deep fake. And basically what it does is it takes an AI that can learn and it can actually uh, implant the face of someone on something and through speech pattern recognition, basically make them say whatever you want them to say. Like, just take words from any number of things it has absorbed from that person and can string together sentences to have them uh, say the thing. Um, 99% of deep fakes are pornographic currently, uh, which is which mm. is what you get with, like, celebrity porn. Like, oh, this uh, porn of uh, 
Scarlett Johansson we found. Oh, we found Scarlett Johansson's sex tape and or tapes. Like, but really what it is is a deep fake where they put Scarlett Johansson's face on a model and just, you know, ran the pornography. Um, it allows people with little skill when it comes to technical know-how to be able to make them. Um, and it's already had a issue where a mom, Rafaela Spoon from Pennsylvania, reportedly sent the content of a deep fake of her daughter's cheerleading rivals as a video to the coaches and the school showing them smoking and having sex and doing drugs. Uh, I heard yeah. about that. So other other examples like the last episode of Mandalorian where we see who what looks like um you know mid early thirties Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Or um in Rogue One you Mon see Moffat, right? Princess Leia. Did they also do it with Mon Mothma? Mothma? I know he was like totally CGI'd, but they used an actual person to put oh, his so face thinking, on. Yeah, you're thinking Moth Tarkin. Oh, Moth Tarkin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mon Mothma is one of the rebel uh, leaders. Okay. Mon Tar. Yeah, Mom Tarkin. Moth, Moth Tarkin. Whatever Moth that name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never think about this like character Moth again Gip. after this. <laughs> Uh, those are other examples of deep fakes and uh, funny enough you remember the movie The Running Man uh, yes with Arnold Schwarzenegger that was like one of the first uh, instances of a deep fake only with the exception of it being that it was an audio recording you know a faked audio recording that got Schwarzenegger in you know Schwarzenegger's trouble in, char- in character in trouble yeah so just imagine, you think politics is shitty now. Wait until you can't trust what your eyes and ears see. Yeah, and that's what they're worried about, because if events can be altered or faked, and the ability to tell the difference between the real event and the uh, fake event is literally just taken away, uh, that's a big, big fucking problem. Like... Mm-hmm. Indeed, it is. So, listeners, always have a questioning. Yeah, question everything. Multiple times, even. But yeah, so continue. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, outside of deep fakes, let's see. Go back up. Uh, Magic the Gathering has set a date for its Forgotten Realms D&D crossover that will be releasing July 16th of this year. Um, and the set formerly known as Innistrad Werewolves is now Innistrad Midnight Hunt and is scheduled to launch on September 17th, while Innistrad Vampires uh, is now Innistrad Crimson Vow and will be released on November 19th. So that should be interesting. I am looking forward to these sets. I hope... Uh, I do hope we... Uh, 
I hope the werewolves that come out of this set are going to be much better. The vampires are obviously going to be good. Like, I, I just don't see a way for them. I don't see them just making terrible vampires. It's just not the way that works. <laughs> so hmm. all I can do is hope that they uh, make a really good, uh, really good werewolves. You can hope. I can. Um, <laughs> you think I'd learned my lesson about hoping by now, but apparently I have not. All right. Anything uh, else? Yep. Yeah. Hold on. I'm in. I'm uh, actually. I might as well talk about uh, Magic: The Gathering Legends. I have been playing that on and off. Um, at first, the combat felt stilted and whatnot, which it still does. Like the basic attacks are stilted. Uh, I can't say I like them too much. But once you get into casting the cards, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, the green, uh, each color is a class. So green mana has a class, red mana has a class. Um, and they're not in so much classes as they are just designations. Um, and uh, it's just that, you know, you have the red character, the green character, the blue character, the white character, and the black character. Like, that's that's literally really all. They're not really classes. Now, they do each function differently. Um, like, the uh, the red planeswalker, because that's what you are. You do start off the game as a planeswalker. So the red planeswalker gets, like, shields for finishing out their basic combo string. The green uh, planeswalker gets a pet off bat. The uh, white planeswalker gets to uh, build charges that then allow it to uh, uh, summon an angel as a temporary uh, ally in combat. The blue planeswalker is an illusion mage. Has Basically has the only like escape ability I've seen where it can create an illusion of itself and then it goes invisible and, can, and gets a speed buff. Um, and the black mage uses uh, uh, is a necromancer and can create a uh, uh, undead minions and also can siphon life from enemies I believe is what I saw I might not be remembering that right um, but so far the game has not been it hasn't been bad but I can see all the places they need to improve the graphics are okay for what it is but it, they do need to be made better um, I kind of I fell in love with the game a little bit because I started as a green planeswalker and I summoned a Bayloth. And the Bayloth is the size of a Bayloth. It's huge compared to you. The moment I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be playing this. And you the way the spell system works is you get a deck of cards and you get up to 12. And you have a mana meter, which you get up to 12. You from what I can tell. In the deck building section, uh, when you go into your deck and can modify it, it has, on my green planeswalker, 
I can see also red, black, blue, and white spells. So you must be able to eventually get cards from the other colors. Um, and when I saw that, I uh, I immediately thought, okay, so since the mana bar is split into twelve different mana, uh, like the mana bar, uh, the mana bar has twelve charges basically in it. Like it's split into twelve little blocks. Well, since you can get the other colors. 12 is a good number because you could split that into like four of three different colors. You could split that into three of three different colors, two of two, you know, two, you know, you could do it evenly. So that works. That works really well. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to go five colors, but there might be a five color deck that really works. Um, you can't, it looks like you don't have the ability to have more than one of the same card in the deck though. Um, so it kind of runs like commander rules. You can only have one of a card, but the cards can be leveled up over time. So I assume if you get duplicates, you feed the duplicate into the card and it makes it more powerful. Um, but other than that, you seem to be able to design the deck however you want. Right now, I have two summonable creatures in my deck. And when you summon a creature, it is out until it dies. It doesn't. It's not. A, it's not on a cooldown or anything like that. Once it's summoned, until it dies, it's there, and that's great. I can't wait to get more creatures in green. So, because um, I'm definitely so going to turn is, it into a creature. This is deck. like it's based on magic, but it sounds like it's kind of kind of an RPG. Uh, it's isometric. It's basically Magic uh, the Gathering Diablo three. Gotcha. Like it's it's the same same aerial view. It's the same kind of like combat. Even the uh even the character screen uh is okay. set up sort of like Diablo. Interesting. I'm guessing this is computer um, only. Uh, no, it'll be out on every platform when it fully releases. Right now, it's in uh open beta, which is only on PC right now but once it actually fully releases it will be on xbox it will be on playstation Interesting. so on and so forth um but uh so far i i i, I have i have had that mouth so far i've been having fun with it and and seeing what's going on the storyline isn't too bad i'm currently on Dominira. Apparently, there is a uh, the villain you meet when you first start off. Uh, you have you run into a guy called Rawl. He's a blue red mage, um, and he basically gives you a tutorial of things. The tutorial might have told me where to go for my character sheet, but I must not have been paying attention because I couldn't find it at first. I was like, well, how do I tell what kind of stuff I have? Because you do gather gear. You can get gear you can put on your character. Your character does level up. And I was like, well, where do I go to look at all this stuff? And I couldn't find it. And I clicked my map button. And in the map screen, there are uh, tabs at the top. And the tabs at the top allow you to go to your character sheet and your deck building sheet. And, and I'm like, why is that in the map button instead of being hmm. a button on its own? Fix that. No, that needs to be its own button. It shouldn't be something I press this button to go to. That needs to be its own button. Um, you don't seem to be able to keep track of your XP, at least not that I can see. Um, maybe I'm just not recognizing the XP bar. 
Um, Because there were times when it was like, man, I hit level two fairly quickly. Why is it taking me so long to hit level three? Um, The current storyline is that apparently merfolk on Dominaria are fucking around with the Hedrons. For those who don't know anything about Magic the Gathering lore, Dominaria is where the Eldrazi were imprisoned. The Eldrazi are these demigod to god level creatures that eat entire planes of existence. They just suck ev- they suck all the energy out of the plane and then they just move on to a new one. They're basically like the cleaners of the multiverse. They just eat dimensions. Well, three prominent planeswalkers in the Magic the Gathering universe uh, weakened them enough, fought them and weakened them enough that they could be that they could be pulled into corporeal form, and then they imprisoned them on Dominaria. And the way they did that is they created the Hedrons, and the Hedrons are basically these rune-imprinted Hedrons that are all over the planet that act as like a net that keeps the Eldrazi imprisoned. The merfolk are apparently going around corrupting and fucking with these hedrids, which is the biggest no-no you could do on Dominaria. Leave the fucking hedrids alone. (laughs) (laughs) So that seems to be what that's where I am currently in the storyline. And when I realized the merfolk were just fucking with the hedrids, the first thing that came to mind was like, wait, aren't the hedrids the things that are keeping the Eldrazi imprisoned? And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, why the <laughs> fuck are you doing that? <laughs> so, but uh, so far, it's been pretty good. Um, I'm trying to get far enough in that I can start getting other cards from other colors, that I can get some better uh, creature cards and stuff. Because right now, I have like two creature cards and a bunch of spells though i will say one of the spells is called elven scouts and it's an aoe where five elves jump into the air and they shoot arrows down in this aoe area and it does it for a long time it actually looks really cool because they're just shooting arrows down in this area and they do it for a long time and it does a shit ton of damage um also the way the cards work is you have your 12-card deck, and three or four cards will show up. Right now, I'm only at a point where three cards are showing up, but it looks like there's enough space for four cards to show up at a time. And then you press the corresponding key for the card, and you use the card. And the card goes back into your, gets shuffled back into your deck, and it's on a timer. And then, and then after a certain cooldown, a new card will pop up that you can use. And that's basically how it works. Then each of your planeswalkers has their own like basic skills that are on also cooldowns, but can be but will always once refreshed be available to you. So my green planeswalker gets to uh, has a giant axe, like a giant two-handed axe that they use, and they can throw it and it marks enemies. And any enemy under that mark that dies gives us back gives me back health and then i have another ability which is just a heal so i don't know so far it hasn't been too bad um there are things i think they absolutely need to fix upgrade increase so we'll have to wait and see how this goes right (sighs) uh i do not think 
that they have polished this game or worked on this game enough for it to be a breakout hit, though. I see a lot of potential for this game, but this really seems like they should have left it in the oven for another year, maybe year and a half, and really got the graphics on point, really got the skills and abilities on point. Um, I, I just see a lot, a lot of room for improvement, and I don't think it should have come out yet. Um, now, this is only the open beta. I don't know when the actual release of the game is, but I would assume if they're doing an open beta right now, and this like it's just an open beta that you can just play anytime you want to, as much as you want to. There doesn't seem to be a limit. Not that I've come, not that I've encountered yet, and I haven't gotten too far into it. Um, but if this is just going to be open, more than likely what they're going to do is they're going to leave it as an open beta, make improvements as people give them suggestions, and then when they feel like the game is at a certain point, then they'll release it as a full game then. I don't really like that. I'd rather they do the open beta for like leave it open for like two weeks or leave it open for a month. Let's just let people run around, find all the shit in it and then close it and go back to working on the game, increase, making the graphics better, making the combat feel better. Cause right now the only thing that feels good about the combat is using the cards. Just if you couldn't use the cards, I would like the moment I started combat before I had access to actually using my spells, I was like, Oh no, this feels bad. So they really they they've they've got a lot of room for improvement here. Um but that's Magic Gathering Legends, so that's Magic Gathering Legends impression. I think it's okay. I don't think it's bad, but I feel like they have a lot of improving to do. So hopefully they will do that and hopefully this will become a game that can actually challenge Diablo 3 in its isometric market. And I think it has the potential to do that. I think all the ingredients are here. They just need to they just need to, you know, keep polishing it and keep pushing right. it. So um, also, Pokemon Legends Arceus has been announced, which is a 3D, which is supposed to be the 3D open world Pokemon MMO game that we all wanted from Shield hmm. and Sword, but didn't get. Um, it is supposed to be, it, it is being, uh, it is being uh, uh, debuted as an action RPG. So, and it's going to be the prequel to Diamond and Pearl. It is it is intending to be released in 2022. There are trailers for it up on YouTube uh, right now if people want to go and check that out. I have to say it's early, but from what I've seen uh, of just, you know, the movement and the mechanics that they're showing, looks good. Let's see if they can do it right. Because really, it just needs to be Pokemon the hmm. MMO. That's what it actually right. needs to be. Um, and if they want to make it a single player experience, but even Shield and Sword isn't per purely a single player experience. No Pokemon game has been purely a single player experience because you've always needed to trade your Pokemon between people so you could, you know, fill your Pokedex. So it's always been an an, an interaction between people. And then you have Pokemon tournaments that they've done. And then you had the Pokemon card game that came out, which was nothing but interactions with other people. 
So Pokemon has never been really a single player experience. You have always needed to interact with other people for some reason or another. So just making a Pokemon MMO, I mean, even uh, what mm-hmm. Pokemon Go, playing with people. <laughs> so yeah, like so. Uh, so hopefully this will be the 3D open world Pokemon game we wanted for years. Um, I did not get Sword and Shield because I got tired of the Pokemon formula. I think I got tired of the Pokemon formula around, I think the last one, the last games I got were, uh, I got Diamond and Pearl, I got Black and White, um, I think I stopped at black and w- no, I got X and Y. X and Y was where I stopped because then they came out with enhanced X and Y. Then they did Sun and Moon, I think it was, and then they did enhanced Sun and Moon. Nothing really changed. They added a few Pokemon here or there. Then in Sword and Shield, they were like, "We can't bring all the Pokemon over to Sword and Shield." So I was like, "Yeah, f- fuck it, I'm done." Like I've played Pokemon since I was in. I want to say middle was it middle school or was it high school that I was introduced to Pokemon? Might have been high school I got introduced to it. Yeah, I think it might have been high school I got introduced to Pokemon by a friend of mine. I didn't even know it existed until my friend introduced me to it at the time. So, uh, and I played almost every every one of them. Red, blue. I didn't play yellow. I didn't play crystal. But I played uh, then like gold and silver uh, and then, you know, pearl, diamond. Um, So I played almost all of them that I had the ability to play or acquire at the time. Um, So I've always loved the Pokemon franchise. Grew up on it. Um, But I just got tired of I got tired of the it's just the same thing over and over and over again and so I'm really hoping that this will be something that gets me back into the franchise because currently I just don't care I don't care about Dynamax I, 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 I can't bring myself to care um, so to, uh, 2022 we'll see how that goes hopefully well um <coughs> You did the series deep fakes. Uh, we talked about Blizzard. Uh, and Animal Crossing Horror Short will also be getting a full length feature. It's from a six minute horror short called Don't Peek. The main character is playing Animal Crossing and noticing, no, starts noticing that everything they do in the game plays out in the real world, which becomes a which becomes more harrowing. Once the once a monster shows up in the animal in their animal base house, um, the producers are not yet sure Nintendo will be on board with letting them use Animal Crossing. So it might be a new game when the actual feature length film comes out. Um, I was watching this and I was I, I didn't watch the short. I saw uh, like a I saw the short, but I didn't watch it. 
But from the way they were describing it, this also reminded me of another TV series called Evil. And in Evil, there's an episode where the main character's daughter, like the main character is this lady and this dude, and they work for an agency that goes around stopping supernatural creatures. Well, she comes home and she's got like Hmm. four or five daughters and one of her daughters is playing a VR game, and it's like a headset that goes over her head, and she sees this monster in the VR game. Now, none of the other girls see this monster in the VR game, and the only time you can see the monster is when you have the headset on. And it attacks her while she's playing the game. Like, there's a scene where she's, like, on the floor flailing defensively into the air because this in the VR headset, this thing is on top of her and, like, clawing into her and they take the headset off and she's fine but when before she goes to bed she slides the headset on and looks and the monster's like right there and so she so i'm like yeah that's what that sounds like i wonder if the person who came up with the short got their inspiration from that if they happen to also have watched that series so i don't know which came first but um I don't know. Sounds interesting. It's uh, they made a movie out of the lights out one and stuff like that. So we'll see if this one comes out well. And that's about it for my week. Um, Other than that, just been working. I just got put into a new position at the job. So hopefully that'll be bring. So that looks like it'll be bringing in more money. So I'm I'm thankful for that. Um, But outside of that, that's pretty much sounds my good. Sounds good. Well, uh, for the one or two listeners that listen to this first part, this has been the first part of the podcast. We're going to take a quick break and then get started on part two. And uh, we'll see you in a minute. <laughs> 